I think that comparison is normal. I think that there is something normal in comparison because it's we're humans um, and we're not perfect. There are days you will feel bad about yourself and you will compare. Um, even you can compare with your old self and the future self, but being able to see beauty in others, in strangers, but being aware that your beauty is unique is showing up that you are on the good path, you know? Welcome everyone to Life with Lisa podcast. Our mission at Life with Lisa is to share people's stories and the challenges that they have overcome so that those who are listening in can get the strength, the courage, and the hope to be their better selves. And today we have a very beautiful guest. To be honest, I've been waiting to interview her for this podcast for a very long time and I've been following her journey and seeing her growth has been amazing. She is a content creator. She is a new mom. She also has a full-time job. If that everything else that I was mentioned was not enough, she also has a full-time job. She has managed to create a beautiful community of almost half a million people across her social media platforms and she is encouraging them daily to live the to live a healthier lifestyle she's showing up being so vulnerable and showing the real life as well which i also love about her content ezra welcome to the show thank you thank you lisa i'm just so intimidated because it's just so weird talking like someone talking that way about me so thank you a lot i don't think everything is true because i don't see myself like that successful story but so glad that you have that reflection of me i mean it is true everything that i mentioned is is just facts you do you did build this beautiful community and you are a content creator you have a full-time job you, you are a mom and i think it's so crazy how actually you managed to combine all of this actually, <laughs> actually these are facts true so i guess like i underestimated myself as we all do but how um something that i wanted to start our podcast episode with is you don't really see a lot of young moms these days and i feel like a lot of people just really wait for it later in life what actually made you want have you always wanted to be a young mom and how did it manage to fit in into your lifestyle oh i've never dreamed of becoming a mom actually young mom or less young uh it was never my dream to become a mom and build my family um, I've grown up in a big fam, so we are seven siblings. I have six sisters and just one brother, um, and from the same parents. So I also always mention from the same parents. <laughs> uh, it has always been amazing to be like surrounded with a lot of siblings from my age and friends at home I can talk to, but it has never been my dream to build my own family. Um, I've always seen a child like a, a block, like something that will train, uh, like actually it was for me boundaries, limits. Um, but my husband, uh, because I am married since I'm 22 and I'm now 27, has always wanted to build a family. 
Um, so it was two years ago he started introducing me the idea of becoming parents. Um, and at that time I wasn't ready. So I told him, I know we have like different ambitions, but I want to reach that, that, and that, especially on social media. I have some ambitions, some to-dos. Um, and at the end of last year, um, every, everything was checked. Like I did that, I did the second one and he came at my door and he told me, now it's time. You told me I will do that, that, that you did it. So it's, it's now time to, to try it. And at first I wasn't like comfortable with the idea. But also I knew that I will be never ready to become a parent, a mom. But I somehow thought, okay, it's now time, I guess, because I've done what I wanted to do. And I think that now we can, we can try. So we did. And I, I like, there's something that you mentioned in one of your posts when you said that Kids are actually not obstacles to your dreams, but new opportunities. And it's very interesting because in the story you were mentioning how you always saw it as a block, as an obstacle to yeah. worth achieving your dreams. So now as you are a mom and you do have a beautiful little girl, how do you view it? It totally changed. Um, my, my point of view on a parent, a mom has changed. I don't see children and especially my daughter as an obstacle I see her like new opportunities I think there is a brighter side um to when you become a parent because you see things differently um I do like I do estimate and I value every time I spend with her every new morning is a new opportunity to to see her, see her smile, smell her, um, discover new things with her and learn. And I think that at this stage of my life, I was ready to learn new things. Um, put aside my career, my work, my workouts, I was ready to discover someone else, love someone else. Um, also, I think that with my daughter, I have had new opportunities, whether it's on my personal life than on social media, um, because I think that I've I could reach even more people um, that can rely to that yeah they can recognize themselves in my story. Yeah, and I think the the part that. Um... Is unrecognizable is how clean your house is, given that you have so many things that are going on. And how do you actually manage to do it all? Actually, it's very hard because I cannot work on a messy place. So whenever it's messy or like uh, I'm like mentally blocked, I cannot do anything. Um, so it's um, it's it's mandatory for me to clean my house. Um, on top of that, I have someone that helped me uh, since I think two months. It's new. Um, even with that person, I was not just like I was super like strict. I was like, okay, um, I have a special way to clean because I'm a, a clean freak. Um, so seeing someone else clean my house, it was a bit like 
weird at first, but now like we've just found our way to to clean together. So I clean and she helps me. But on the same note, how do you actually, do you have any time management or priority management tricks? Because it does seem like you managed to do it all. You do manage to be present with your daughter. You do manage to still create social media content. You do manage to have the job. And also on top of that, to stay fit and work out, which is incredible. Because I feel like anyone, any one of these things is almost like, a full-time job and so many people struggle just with doing one that one thing so what are your what is your approach to that um it's all about planning i wouldn't do it i wouldn't do it all if i wasn't planning everything i think that organization is key when you want to do something besides of being a mom of besides working um because at the end of the day these things take a lot of time. So if you don't manage your time, if you don't like do priorities, lists, everything you have to do, you're lost. And it, ta- it can take one minute to lay on the sofa and then you're done. You won't do anything else. But if you have a planning to follow, you know that, yes, you can lay on the sofa for one minute, but then you have this, this and that to do. Um I do it every every week on Sunday. I plan my week. Um, I know when I have to do like the work for my corporate job. Um, on top of that, I know that I have to film like at least two videos for my social media. I do it on Saturday or Sunday, and then I post it on Tuesday and on Friday. I try to do so. It's not every time working because. Sometimes the, the the video I film isn't isn't good enough. I'm not like satisfied with my video. Um, but usually I try to post like at least two videos per week. I love how you have such high standards inter- for yourself, and I can imagine it could feel also quite hard to have si- such high high standards because I can see it, you already mentioned it in the cleaning that you have the standards you have even for the content that you're creating for how organized you are. How do you actually? manage to treat yourself also with kindness when things don't go as planned um it has been quite a journey because i never give the i never give the impression that i'm under pressure or that i'm not like satisfied with what i'm doing because i have that i think that it's a negative side of my character that i'm a bit of a perfectionist so um at first it was really really hard especially for my husband because whenever i'm not like satisfied he can see it on my face um i will never say it out loud but you can see it on my face i'm just thinking overthinking and thinking how i can do better why it didn't work um but it was like just a work on myself to let it go okay it's not perfect but there is a tomorrow you can do it tomorrow you can improve it um yes today it's it didn't work but tomorrow you can do it anything to improve it and it's just a mindset to okay let it go it didn't work not today tomorrow maybe yeah uh you know it's it's so crazy because I feel like on this journey, especially when you start doing something and I can imagine yourself like starting with social media and having these high standards and trying to create something and still seeing that it's like not 
up to your standard and being frustrated about it or not getting the results that you want. And I speak with a lot of young girls who, you know, also either want to become content creators and they start very enthusiastically and then give up after a certain number of posts or they just don't perform as well. And I really want to show them that it's all about staying consistent. You need to get better. You you will get better, but you cannot just give up. And even if like you post first 100 posts and all of them get five likes, it's still fine. Keep on going. So what actually helped you to keep on going when you were building your huge audience that you have at the moment? Oh, it's true that not everything that you are going to post will be successful. There is one part of the algorithm of social media, whether it's Instagram or TikTok, but just be aware that if one post, two, three, five posts do not work, it's not only the algorithm, it's maybe your posts. So you have also to accept that, yes, there is one part of the story that you cannot control because it's up to TikTok and Instagram, but the, there is a part you can control and this is your content. If it does not perform well, maybe you have to change your narrative. Maybe you have to change the way you do things. And I think that the way I built my community is because I've been always, always consistent first. Consistency is key um, over the time. You don't have to post every day, but just post on a regular basis. The second thing is that I've always been very careful to my insights. I try to see when a content is performing well. Why? How did I do that? Um, how? What did I write in the in the caption? Um, what was the first seconds of that video that performed well? Because the first seconds are always very very important. And whenever a content does not perform, I do the same. Why? Um, how should I do it another way? It's always try and learn. Try and error. So I think that's first there is consistency. Second, try and learn. And third is engaging with your community. I think that this is one part of the story that is very important because Today, anyone can be a content creator, but a content creator that you follow and that you engage with is a content creator that will last longer in in the like in on social media. I think that these are the three like ingredients that I use to to build my community. Yeah, at the same time, I feel like these ingredients are very like, strategic and tactical what you actually did. But I also feel like all, all of these three things that you mentioned require certain mindset. Because without that mindset, you know, it, it, it could be hard to keep on going. It could be hard to stay consistent. It could be hard to learn from the posts that did not perform well because you can be taking it personally like i am a bad content creator and that impacting how you feel about yourself and actually stopping to take action and uh, you know all of the other excuses so i think also all of the fact that you managed to build that, that community and to create that is also a testament to your mindset that you've developed that's behind these three strategic tactical pieces so what do you think is what, what do you think are some of the key parts of your mindset that actually help you in your journey? Um, the mindset is important, true. Um, but I just want to stress 
to stress the fact that I don't always have the mindset um, because I can remember yesterday telling my husband via a WhatsApp text, oh, I'm not good enough. It's literally what I would because I was just like questioning myself. And I think that one part of the mindset is always like taking time to question yourself um, and always reinvent yourself. And I think that this is part of the mindset, always reinventing myself, not the, the in a way to change like completely who I am, but be like following the new social media that is coming, like the new trends on TikTok. And it's just quite a work, like because everything happens very fast. But I think that it's a mindset to be ready to evolve with social media and with the society. Um, this is also something that everyone tells me at my corporate job. I can adapt myself very fast to changing situations. So I think that the mindset is get out of your comfort zone and be ready to evolve very fast because this is the right mindset, the, the right mindset when it comes to social media. Um, yeah. What did your husband say when you wrote that message, I'm not good enough? He told me, no, you're not... <laughs> my just you have to you have to know my husband is someone that will always uh put the the stood on someone else no it's not your fault it's her fault and or his fault so he was he was just like no you just do your best it's maybe the algorithm <laughs> he told me so the gods of algorithm <laughs> yeah yeah he's not like into social media and i like the fact that he is like a bit away of the social media story because when i go when i come home i need like social media free time with him oh that's beautiful also something that i wanted to ask you is with growing social media and everything, of course, you also start encountering more of the negative comments and more of the hate. Um, how do you deal with that? Does it also impact how you feel about yourself? Did you manage to completely like, kind of distance yourself from that? And you know that you know, those people, it says more about them. What, what is your approach to dealing with that? Uh, when I first began, um, it was hard to deal with negative comments because it was new for me. Like I was reading the comments and every morning I was just like faced to the negative comments because they like a content went viral when I was sleeping and in the morning I came to those negative um, messages under my my content so I was waking up with something negative so yes of course it did impact me it did like impact my day and how I felt about myself and with the over the time I realized that these people were just trolls they were just haters they were not they were not my community and these people do not pay bills so I do not care. They can say whatever they say if I know my my heart, if I know my intentions, if my community is with me, I don't I do not mind. So it has been quite a journey to like to understand that they were trolls and I do not have to worry about them. Delete and yeah, next. But when the comments come from my community, it's like 
it hits different because then I'm I'm question I'm questioning myself like why um, did I say something wrong or didn't they understand my intentions? Um, so whenever I have negative comments or like just criticism from my from my community, I take time to 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 try to understand because I'm not the type of person who's going to be like oh I don't care like I'm I'm good enough like I'm this and that no I will always take into consideration people people's like um, opinion about me and if after my reflection I think that they are true I will open up the discussion and try to like explain myself and find a like a way to to have a discussion or if I think that no I I stand for my words and I'm okay with what I've shared I also will explain them why did I do that and why I believe in what I do the way I did it um, I don't know if that makes sense, but recently I have had the case. That's why I can share the experience with you. Um, I have posted a content on Instagram and immediately I've had like a few negative comments among of very positive comments, but this is like the human mind, like the human uh, brain you will focus just on the negative, unfortunately. So I read these messages and it was like too far from what I wanted to share. They did understand the, 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 um, the content the wrong way and I didn't understand why. So talking with some, some, some followers, um, I did ask why like why did you understand this on the like on the wrong way like the wrong way because this wasn't my point and she told me um yes but in this video you are on the scale and you tell that during your postpartum you your pregnancy did destroy your body but you're fit you're thin um so what should we understand from your narrative and then I've understood that they they did a shortcut that me weighting myself meant that I hated myself because I didn't like my weight. I don't know if it if it makes sense, but this was the image I've used with the words, but actually I was just wanting I, I just wanted to say that during your postpartum you have intrusive thoughts, you have irrational thoughts. Um and it it doesn't happen every day like the postpartum isn't like a negative thing all the all the way up um and and then i've deleted that video because i didn't want anyone to 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 do that shortcut you know thinking that i don't like my body i don't like my weight because i'm numb i i'm no longer there i'm not i was not talking about weight i i was not talking about weight loss i was not talking about eating disorder or body dysmorphia um that wasn't my point i just wanted to say yes during your postpartum there will be days you will not be able to look at yourself in the mirror because it happened to me there will be days you have intrusive thoughts you have irrational thoughts there will be days you will feel overwhelmed, you will feel a bad mom, you will, you will feel not ready, like 
you will question yourself. But my point in the second time, in the second part of the video was to say you will be okay because with time you will learn, you will get stronger, you will get more determined, um, you will learn to become a mom, you will learn to, to, to approach your baby, you will have time for yourself, you will make time for, for workout, for a me time, it will be okay. And that was the point that these, these people like didn't see because they were too focused on the interest of thoughts. Um, so yeah. Unfortunately, thank yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I actually saw that piece of content and I really liked it. So then when you removed it, when I saw it on your stories that you said, oh, I'm removing it. I felt a bit sad. I was like, oh no, that's such a valuable post. But indeed, I did not make that connection as some of the people that you mentioned they made because I didn't associate the visual of you being on the scale with the words that you were saying and view it in a negative way. I, I just, you know, more focused on the words that you were saying than the visual behind it. But also it's um, it's quite cool how connected you are with your community and when your community is mentioning something that you open up this discussion and you're so open to any feedback, which is constructive feedback. You know, someone mentioned, oh, this visual made me feel like this because of that and not just uh, those trolls or negative haters who will always be there and just mention something bad under every post that goes viral because I don't know why, why do they do that with their time. But uh, yeah, so it, it, it's a, I'm very proud for, of you for differentiating between those two and being so open to the constructive feedback, even though I love that post. <laughs> Thank you. But I think that with one week, because it happened one week ago and today I just realized that you cannot please everyone, even if these people are in my community, you cannot please everyone. And I know now that my intentions were good. And I know that 90 people, 90% of the of my community did understand it the right way. And if the other percentage didn't understand it, I'm sorry, but you cannot please everyone. You know, there is a, a sentence, if you please everyone, you don't like... Oh, I just forgot the, the sentence, but you know if what you I please everyone, you don't please anyone. Yes. Is it that one? <laughs> that, because in French it's also plaire à tout le monde, c'est plaire à personne. Um and I think that this is just so true. You cannot please everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think it's so important to be honest with yourself and know whether your intentions are good. And as you mentioned, your intentions were so good and the message was true and something that resonated with you and also resonated with so many other people. And it, it is easy to be misunderstood on social media just because, you know, it's short clips, short captions. It's not like you're making a full one hour explanation of the journey. So true. I can see. Yeah, true. It was a 20 second clip. And in 20 seconds, you can you cannot tell everything. You cannot explain how hard it was and how irrational it was. And that this is not how you see yourself, that you are proud of you, that you are determined, that you are in a healthy place. Because actually, I did mention, I did mention it, but I think that pe these people didn't read it. Um, so no, it's not like that easy. But I think that at the end of the day, if you know how how right you were in in the day you did it 
um, and that your intentions were good and that you're, you wanted to motivate your, your community, not spread something negative, then trust in you, trust in you. And in terms of motivating your community, I think one of the parts that I love, absolutely love about your content and about you is how vulnerable you are in terms of share, sharing your insecurities and sharing that you have bad days and sharing like the real things that you feel insecure about because there's just so many people can resonate with them, you know, especially I, I can imagine most of the community, most of the people in your community are girls. We all have similar insecurities that we are facing, but also I really love how you can combine feeling like still being confident even though you do still have the same insecurities and still being so vulnerable in sharing those insecurities and connecting with your community. So how do you actually manage to fully embrace your insecurities, even to the extent that you you can share it on social media and at the same time feel confident? Um, it's very natural. I never overthink my my stories because I usually share it on my stories um I never overthink it because one day I woke up and I felt horrible I felt ugly I didn't like my hair my skin I didn't I didn't like anything about myself and I share that content because I know that my sisters and my friends have the same I know that I'm not the only one on earth like feeling some some weird days I don't know horrible about themselves and I never, I never overthink it. I don't know. And I never realized that people like around me also see my stories and my content. And sometimes they came to me um, and they say, you know, today uh, you did post that, but I think that you are very beautiful. I love your hair. And I was like, thank you very much. But I do not, I, I don't like, I don't post it for to, I don't post it to get compliments, you know. I post it because it's just my my current state of mind, and I I love sharing um, how true. Like I love sharing and being transparent without overthinking it. Um, I don't expect anything. I just want to tell my community that today I'm just an ordinary person, and I I have my insecurities. Um, on top of that. I did overcome some very deep insecurities, for instance, the stretch marks. Um, I did embrace them. And now whenever I talk about my stretch marks, I will never say something negative. When I did before, I was just overly thinking, over, overthinking about my stretch marks. Um, I did learn to, to, to love them and to embrace them. So whenever I share something, it's not like to to get compliments or no, it's just to be transparent because everyone has their their low days. How did you overcome the the some of your bigger insecurities, like you said, the stretch marks, and that now you embrace them, you love them? What was it that you've done to actually be so like to overcome that insecurity, basically? Um. It will sound very weird because usually I always tell everyone to not compare themselves, but it was with comparison. Whenever I go to the beach, I can remark that 85% of women have stretch marks. 
um, it's so usual and it's part of our stories. My stretch marks are part of my binge eating disorder. So it's it's now anchored in my it's it's written in my body. It's like a tattoo. Um, so I think that I had to overcome and I have to I had to heal my relationship to food. Um, and when it has been done, it was just accepting that it was it was a tattoo of my story in my on my body. And I think that seeing it as part of my story that I'm proud of, because I'm proud that I've healed my relationship to food. I couldn't I could I couldn't do anything else than embrace them, you know? I, I love that it's just part of your story. And also I think what was powerful in what you just mentioned in terms of not because the, the I would also recommend not comparing yourself to others. But at the same time, I feel like there is a powerful part in what you mentioned, because once you actually go on a beach and you see real people in real life, then you realize as well that what you see sometimes in uh, on social media is not necessarily real. Mm-hmm. And that, that realization is like, oh, okay, this is how everyone looks in normal life because the things that we see in social media can skew our perception of how the real world is and then you know that skin folds in certain ways when you sit down you're like oh no other people's skin doesn't fold and then you go to the beach on the beach and then you see that oh that's just normal (laughs) yeah true you know in the past i would every time compare myself to the girls i wanted to be oh she has that i want that not like in a material way, but more in a fa- physical aspect. And I was always dreaming of becoming like these girls. And now, not long ago, I went to the beach in Turkey. And whenever I was comparing myself, not comp- actually, I think that comparing is not a word, but whenever I was watching another girl, because I do that a lot, I was just cheering them. Like I was like, oh, she has beautiful booty she has stone legs uh she seems very strong and this girl has abs and these other girls has stretch marks but i think that it suits her so well um there is i think something positive in watching others and being able to like I don't know, cheering them and say, oh, she has that and I have that. I'm glad like we are different, but somehow we also have common things. She has stretch marks and I also have stretch marks. Um, she's tall, I'm, I'm, I'm petite. So I think that it's quite a journey, even when it comes to comparison to, to figure out, okay, in the past three years ago, I was always, always comparing myself and feeling negative about myself. But today I'm able to see people's body, how beautiful they are. And I can also see myself, how beautiful and unique I am. Uh, I think it's so beautiful. And something that I realized as well was that when I would even look at strangers, like at girls that I don't know, and I would think about beautiful things or the things that I actually liked about them. and then. 
I would feel so confident myself because I would feel like others are also looking at me and I would would say, oh, like she has a beautiful hair or something. And I did not feel insecure because when I was approaching and looking at other girls and looking at their beauty or something like that's so special and beautiful about them, you also feel so beautiful yourself because you see beauty in everything. Whereas if you walk in and like, oh, um, oh, she has beautiful hair, but at least, you know, she is, I don't know, she doesn't have long legs and you say things like that to make yourself feel good, but then actually you end up feeling so much worse about yourself with that narrative. Whereas where you just look for the beauty in others, you feel so confident yourself because you feel like everyone else sees that beauty in you as well. I totally agree. This is the right mindset. I think that comparison is normal. I think that there is something normal in comparison because it's we're humans um, and we're not perfect. There are days you will feel bad about yourself and you will compare. Um, even you can compare with your old self and the future self. But being able to see beauty in others, in strangers, but being aware that your beauty is unique is showing up that you are on the good path, you know? Yeah. And something that I also... Because you, your journey is so inspiring in terms of going from binging to and then going on, uh, uh, embarking on this healthy lifestyle journey and now also into motherhood. I wanted to ask you, what would be some of the advice that you would give to your younger self if you could go back in time and uh, speak with her? What would you say to that younger version of you? I can get emotional because... Um... I think that the thing that I would love to say myself at my 17 years old self, because my binge eating disorder started when I was 16, 17, um, is that you will heal because at that time, I didn't believe in it. I was always trying to heal and I always ended up getting worse in that binge eating disorder um, and it lasts I think six years so it lasts a long time and I could heal sometimes for three, two months three months and then I ended up being back on the vicious cycle of binge eating um, and I did lose hope I thought that it would be my it would be my real reality forever that I was always going to be the the girl that was binge eating in secret and I thought that I would never ever in my life have a normal relationship to food. I thought that pasta would be always my enemy. I thought that pastries, chocolates um would be always my enemies. And I want to say to my old self, no, one day you'll be able to eat the pasta and you will be able to say, okay, I'm now satisfied. I will not end this. And that's okay because there is a tom tomorrow and tomorrow I can eat another pasta and or I can p eat pizza. Um, yes. And figuring out that I have healed my relationship to food and I have food freedom is one of the biggest achievements in my life, truly. 
That's so beautiful. And I can definitely see you getting a bit emotional when you think back. Yes. Yes, because whenever I think of it, I remember all the other days I was crying, like, because I knew somehow that actually I thought so, the, the thought was so strong. I was, it was persuasive. I thought it was my reality. I thought, okay, I'm just a girl with a weirdly relationship to food and it will be like this at the end of, until until the end of my life because i'm so confronted confronted to women in my family that always say ah i'm on a diet oh i'm carb free oh i'm i'm losing weight now or i want to lose fat or i don't like my body um i'm so confronted to that that i thought that it was reality for women to always be worried about their weight be always worried about food and now realizing that no, there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is a life with food freedom. There is a life without overthinking your weight, your fat. Um, and I think that's, that's, that this is what I want to explain to my old self. And if someone who is listening, so there is a girl who is listening to this episode right now, and she is either losing hope or has lost all hope because as you mentioned there were parts of your journey where you felt like you almost healed and then going back what was actually something that helped you fully heal and be, see the other side of that tunnel what would some what is something that she can do as well to actually get that hope back actually there are several things that help me a lot um the first thing that helped me the most i think is journaling um, because whenever I was putting words in my emotions, in how I felt, and when I could read it, I, I did realize how important for me it was to heal, how I wanted to heal, to be happy. So reading it was a motivation and a deep reason why I wanted to heal. I wanted to, to do it for my own happiness. I needed to do, to do it for myself. And realizing I had to do it for myself and by myself has been key to do it. Um, and then I think that talking with someone, because it took me a long time um, to explain it to my husband. And I think that when I... I have been able to tell him that I was suffering, that he didn't see it, but... I did suffer from my relationship to food. It was like a therapy for me because he he is a good listener and he could help me. And whenever I spoke out loud how I felt deep down, it helped me somehow realizing that I feel miserable. I feel miserable and I will do anything it takes to get free of that sickness because it's it's a disease like it's yeah it is a disorder um yeah actually i think that journaling and speaking out loud helped me and finally being surrounded from inspiring people it has helped me along my journey to follow some people 
on YouTube, on TikTok that did it. And it was for me a motivation and so inspiring. And I, I did say, I did told myself, if she can do it, I can do it. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for being so vulnerable. And I really hope that that girl who is listening into this episode, she'll be like, okay, maybe I can do it too. Maybe I can start journaling. Maybe I can watch uh, SRS content as well. And that would help me show, see that there it, it is possible. And uh, yeah. Yes, to that girl, I just want to tell her that she's not alone. Whenever you're in that situation, you think that you're miserable and that you're all by yourself. But no, there are people around you. There are therapists you can talk to. There are social friends you can talk to. Um, you're never alone. And be aware that some people around you might struggle with the same things. So making this subject no longer a taboo is essential. Talk about your problem because no one will judge you. Trust me, no one will judge you. Speak about it. And whenever you feel that you have the urge to binge eat, have another cope mechanism. Write, go on a walk, clean your house. It's all about finding another coping mechanism to that binge eating. Because whenever you have an eating disorder, it's deeper than just your weight and being thin or um, losing fat, it hides something else, a something deeper. Um, and I think that coping mechanism will help you dig into your story and learn why you want to binge, why you want to, to restrict food. Um, it's, it's all deeper. It's, every, it's all the time deeper than just losing weight. Absolutely. And before I ask my last question, so this one is, um, it, it, it's quite a challenging one, but imagine yourself that you're 80 years old and uh, you're looking back on your life and you're thinking, I wish I've done that. And going back to this very present moment, there's already something that you know in your heart that you want to do so much that you would know that you cannot live this life if you don't do that, but you have not done it yet. What would that something be for you? I already know my answer. I want to, I want to live abroad. I want to take my husband, my daughter, my laptop to work, and I want to travel. Um, I want to back I want to go back in my hometown in Turkey. Um, I want to spend some months there, seeing if life is, is possible there. I want to take some time to live in Bali. I want to be a nomad, actually. So I know that it's not a dream. I will do it. I'm determined to do it. And whenever I want something, I get it because I'm a Leo. <laughs> I'm 100% certain that soon, soon we'll see you somewhere in Bali or in Turkey. <laughs> Actually, I think I'm, go I'm going to Vietnam for one month in a few weeks. Not planned, but in my to-do. 
That's so cool. Well, I, I'm certain of that. That will be seeing more of the travel content from your beautiful, beautiful footage from all of these exotic places. And my last question would be, where can people connect with you, reach out to you, join your community? Um, so I'm on Instagram. You can always tap Ezragram underscore fit. I reply to all my DMs. And I'm also on TikTok. Um, and my hashtag is Ezragram. That's oh, it. Beautiful. Ezra, thank you so much for coming onto the show. It's been such a pleasure to have you and to interview you. Thank you so much, Lisa, for this beautiful moment. I was super stressed out, but actually I felt like it was just the two of us. So thank you so much for the time. Oh, 